Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. And today we're going to have a really important conversation. My guest today, Nicole Stanfield, specializes in helping women entrepreneurs um, not to burn out, (laughs) say with burnout, but really to avoid burnout. How can they be more successful in business without having to feel like they're going to risk everything and particularly their health? And Nicole, I'm actually really, I'm personally very interested in this topic I haven't experienced burnout myself. Um, I've certainly had many moments, and I'm sure a lot of other people that are listening in will relate, where I've fallen out of love with my business. And I've gone into that kind of love-hate relationship. And typically, I know that when that happens, it's because I'm working too much, right? All of a sudden, there feels like there's no space. And it's too much dependent, you know, too much is dependent on me. And there's too much pressure. But also my background before going into working with uh, women entrepreneurs when I was based in Europe was a, I was actually working with a lot of executives in executive and leadership development. And I actually have a background in stress management and resiliency and burnout and emotional intelligence, because for me, they're all linked in. Um, so, yes, I think this is a really important topic that we need to really keep in the forefront Um, And it doesn't just happen to a few select people, right? This is a real risk. So welcome to this episode and just share a little bit more about who you are and kind of what brought you into this field of work. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I started my business in 2014 and it was marketing, uh, online marketing, and that was good. And then I, I figured out how to make it sustainable and survived. And it was like, yay, this is great. And then about 2018, some strange things started to happen, but I wasn't really paying attention to them. So some of these things that I now realize were signs that might be showing up for some people in your audience was we would finish a big project, like a website. And instead of being feeling really proud and excited that I'd finished it, I would be like, oh, the, uh, the client won't like it. That I wasn't, I didn't feel a sense of accomplishment, wasn't proud. And I just felt really cynical. And those were some really early warning signs that I didn't kind of pay attention to. And it wasn't until about June where I got to a point where, like you said, I fell out of love with my business. It was really hard to get work done. I would work for 15 minutes and then I have to take an hour off because I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't think about it. I couldn't do it even forcing myself or incentivizing myself, it wasn't working. And I was angry in meetings. I would get a client email and I'd be really frustrated by it. And I'd need to like vent after reading a simple client email. I see you nodding your head like that's happened. Yeah. So I, um, that was showing up. My creativity was gone, which as a marketer is super important. I wasn't, I was not able to communicate with the people around me. I was always angry and I wanted to separate myself from them. And um, I just, I didn't know what was going on. I felt like I was out of control. And so I finally took a stress test. Um, 
and realized that I had some really big events happen in my past year that could be impacting what I was going through at that point and that maybe I was going to have a, a breakdown. It, I had a really high score in this stress test. And so then I decided, okay, I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to take a week off because that's going to make everything better. That's going to make it all miraculously solve itself, right? <laughs> One week of vacation after four years of no vacation. Um, and it didn't work. <laughs> and I find that I was in a really, really uh, low state of burnout. So I, I guess it'd be a high state of burnout. So it was like shut down. I, I just couldn't function. I sat on the couch. I didn't care. There were almost some levels of burn of depression as well mm-hmm. in that of like taking a shower and going and getting groceries were really hard tasks. So I realized I needed to walk away from a lot of stuff. A lot of my my biggest client, which unfortunately was like losing $20,000 just from that one client. And I had to release some other things that I was holding so tightly onto that in the end were being really toxic and I wasn't showing up authentically. I was being really fake in my business, with my clients, with a lot of the people that I was serving. So it took me a while to kind of crawl my way out of that. I got help um, with meditation, with physical fitness, with my uh, with a therapist to see am I in depression and, and get that answered and I wasn't but I could have been if I hadn't gotten support mm. and I took all those things that I used to help get myself out of burnout and that's what I used to create my program the balanced entrepreneur to help other entrepreneurs apply the steps that worked for me and the components in their life based on the three areas of burnout that show up um, clinically proven areas and So then I just took my experience and created something to help support entrepreneurs because I didn't find anything to help support me when I was in that point. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Let's just back up because I'm just curious. So obviously, you know, here's the thing, right? I think you said a few things. Four years, no vacation, right? And look back on that now. And I'm sure you were probably working nights and weekends as well. Yep. Right. It's like really burning, burning the candle at both ends. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, they, yeah, there just comes a point where we, you know, kind of start to shut down. And as you said, like you take time off, you took the time off and it didn't change anything. Yep. I am curious because I'm sure everybody else listening is, well, you took a week off and it didn't change anything. Did you go back to work? I mean, did you, did you have to mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, get rid of clients to be able to, you know, heal yourself and work through this process. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not like really proud to admit this, but I was holding on to this one client that was my, of course, biggest client where I was making the most money and it was a really bad fit and it was, it was really toxic. And at first, after I came back, I didn't want to let go and I had to come to the realization that I had to yeah. or else I was going to stay in that environment and it was really hard. I was faking so much stuff because I was terrified of losing that money and my salary got cut in half or more and it was like how are we going to survive? At that point I was the the biggest breadwinner in our house. Mm-hmm. And I had met my financial goals in my business. Yay. And it was really toxic. Yeah, it's tough, right? And I think people can relate. I mean, as you say, we've, especially as, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, we are 
responsible for bringing in the business. Many of our audience is responsible for also doing some of the business, right? They're not in such a CEO role that they are, you know, still haven't got their hands in the business. And then, you know, we don't get paid if if we're not bringing bringing the work in, doing the work. Um, that's how we get ourselves paid. And as you say, when you've got those demands, your life doesn't miraculously stop, right? The mortgage payments and the rent and the eating and all of those good things still have to happen. So I can totally understand the, you know, the fear of letting go, as you say, of a big client with the, the dollar bills, even when they're toxic, because you know, it's, it's a bold move. I'm sure looking back on it now, you can see it was a good, it was a, it was a good and a necessary move, but at the time, yes, these are really difficult. So, so you, as you say, you had to start really cut back so that you could learn to really heal, you know, take care of you. Mm -hmm. Um, How long was the process of like really being in that place of burnout to coming, you know, to when you started to feel like, okay, Nicole, like the real me, Nicole is back or she's here. Like what, how long was that? It took about three months, honest. And they were, there's a time when I can't really hundred percent remember what I was doing during my day. And I know that I wasn't doing very much. I didn't have very many commitments. And as someone who's been very driven and very motivated and been like, I paid my way through college by doing work and doing college and having all my credits and like all those things my entire life. It was really a scary place to be when it was like, I just napped for an hour and a half or I just sat there for an hour. And like, I don't really hundred percent know what I was doing. Um, and, and I just, I was so empty. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, one of the most important things that I had to learn was that I, my needs are important too. And I need to take care of myself because if I don't take care of myself, then I don't have a business. If it all depends on me, then I'm not getting the support I need in order to truly be successful. I think, you you know, there's so much, my head's going into so many different places with this because again, it's why it's such an important conversation. Um, we are as a society, And this is something I've definitely seen, um, especially in America, right? You know, I'm obviously European, lived in, um, I've lived in multiple countries at this point, but grew up in England, lived in France and Spain and Switzerland prior to moving to the States. There's a real work culture here, real work. I mean, and it is distinct in Europe, right? We, like the thought of not having had a vacation for years, and I'm not saying that you've gone away and traveled, but time off, like we value downtime, right? In Europe, we we uh, and it's this, and again, things are changing. You know, we still there's still values around even taking a long time around the dinner table to actually enjoy a meal and and not do everything on the run. And so that was something that I really did notice coming here is there's you know almost this badge of honor of like the work and the hustle, right? There's a lot of validation. And, you know, that, and it, you know, and there's a good part to that, right? That kind of, yes, you're prepared to work and put in the time to go after your dreams until it can start to really tip the balance. But unfortunately, I think, you know, we're, we're surrounded as say societally that we are rewarded for being productive, 
That's really where the rewards are. Not the, we're not rewarded for being fulfilled or happy or joyful, right? Some of those things. It's all about, you know, how much can you kind of do and achieve? Mm-hmm. And as you say, we feel like you, you know, you look back on this and can feel like, oh my God, I've no idea what I was even doing with my days. And I'm guessing that you would have not wanted people to know that at the time because. Nope you know, the immediate judgment around that can be kind of what, you know, what's the matter with you, you know, kind of get up and get your life together. Right. So really, again, it's a, it's a really tough space to be in. Um, And I think, you know, again, if somebody has broken a limb, uh, God forbid, got a life threatening disease, right. And they Mm -hmm. look physically, uh, you know, unwell, unable, whatever it is, there's going to be a lot more empathy and help. But when we're into, you know, the world, you know, we're now we're into mental and emotional well-being, when we when we get into, you know, stress and um, burnout, it's just a, there's a whole lot of unknowns there, right? And it's, and it's yeah. invisible. And as you oh, said yeah. to yourself, right, you didn't know that for yourself. I'm curious as well now, I mean, the other thing I was going to say to this, Nicole, is, Burnout is a term that people are using an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're using it incorrectly, right? So this kind of like when we're just a little bit in a funk, right? A little bit jaded about things. Perhaps we're a little bit tired, depleted. Quickly we hit people can, oh my gosh, I'm just so burned out. Mm-hmm. And it's not real burnout. How do you define it? I mean, obviously you went through it yourself. You've obviously been studying it, but what is the real definition of burnout? So the clinical definition of burnout is that you are tired, you you have a lack of energy, and you have a lack of meaning in your life, and you have a lack of confidence. So how that showed up for me is I didn't want to get out of bed. If I could have called into someone, I would have, but I didn't. And I just wish that I was sick so that I could call in to someone. And then uh, the lack of meaning meant that I was just like, why am I doing this anymore? It doesn't even matter. My my campaigns won't even be successful. Who will click on it? Who cares? I'm just wasting money. So I'm trying to be really honest. So if you've had these thoughts in your head it's and you're nodding along to what I'm saying, it's okay. Don't panic. These are normal thoughts and um, it's it's all right. And so then the last one with creativity I, I mean, confidence, that was creativity for me. So as a marketer, I needed to have all the ideas and all the suggestions and provide the solutions for the client. And they would come to me with problems. And I was just like, I don't even know. I don't have anything to give. I don't have anything left. And you're right. When we use burnout, it's almost a badge of honor to say, I'm working so hard. I'm burnt out. And you can burn out from like finals week right at in mm-hmm. college or from your family during the holidays those can be levels of burnout I find that there's levels to it mm-hmm. and but we use it so often and yet we're so scared of it happening because we fig- we find that like when it does it'll be this huge crazy scary transition thing like kind of like what happened to me and I don't think that it has to be there I think we need to have the conversation about it so that it doesn't get to that point for other people Yeah, absolutely. And again, I do think, as you say, we've got to start to see some of these warning signs, right? 
mm-hmm. um, sooner. And as you say, some of those symptoms that you're sharing, you know, we can all go through phases. And I think that's the slippery slope of this is we can all go through phases of I've got nothing left to give or, you know, we get, get into that negative mindset of like this campaign or whatever we're doing is not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's when it's continual. Right. And there's you take a rest and you, you know, you take the weekend or you, you know, and there's no joy in it. Right. It's like you keep feeling, no, you're still exhausted. There's kind of this no light at the end of the tunnel. And these are places to start to really pay attention. Oh, I am curious because, um, again, a lot of, especially in the coaching world, a lot of language around finding balance and life work balance, right? Um, And I personally have a real, I'm not a fan of the terms life work balance because I just believe we are whole human beings and we really can't separate ourselves. And it's really difficult to separate, frankly, in the world that we live in anyway, but especially as entrepreneurs, because as our businesses are often an extension of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you use the term balance. And again, I'm curious, what does it mean for you? And when you're working with clients and they're, they're seeking that, what is it that they're really seeking inside of this term balance? I feel like a lot of times, well, let me, let me take a step back. I feel like when I burned out, what happened was that I stopped listening to my own needs and that when we're giving to everybody else and our clients and we're giving to, uh, to go to the next networking event or whatever it is, and we're doing that. And then we're giving to our families and however many people that is, and then we're giving to our friends, et cetera. And we keep giving, giving, giving. And we forget to think about where am I at? Where's my cup at? And I kept trying to give from a cup that was almost empty. Mm-hmm. And I barely filled it up. And then I would give more. I was addicted to busyness and it made me feel important. Yeah. So balance for me means that my needs are important. And I know that I need to find ways to recuperate, to give myself permission in my day that if I don't feel like doing something, that taking a break is actually going to be more effective use of my time than pushing through, mm-hmm. that my day should have an end. If someone came up to you as an employer and was like, I want you to work 12 hours a day, not take any vacations and work on weekends for me, you'd be like, I never work for you. And yet as entrepreneurs, we do that to ourselves all the time. And so part of that is I want to be able to give myself permission to say that it's okay to take time off. It's okay to take downtime. It's okay to take self-care time, whatever that looks like for you, whether that's a 20 minute time that you are just like, I just need to shut the world out and not deal with this, or whether that's taking a nap or even A lot of times we forget to take lunch. That was another thing I wasn't doing. I was just trying to get through the work. Mm -hmm. And so taking a 20-minute lunch away from your desk can have a huge impact on your energy and how you view the things that you're working on. And it can also give you that little break, just that breather, so that then when you come back, you're like, oh, I can work on this again. Okay, I do have more ideas or energy or whatever it looks like for you. 
Yeah. I think you you said so many really important things in there. And again, they can be like, these are not rocket science, right? I mean, we're talking simple things. I think that's the good news, right? Because this is not like this, like you don't have to go off and like, like learn all these new skills. Where this is challenging is again, we've, again, I think we've just, we live inside of a culture now that, as you say, we get so validated by busyness, right? And, and it does, doesn't even mean it's productive. And I've often said, you know, you could go out and tell somebody, you know, I have been working 12 hour days. I haven't taken a break. Oh my gosh. Like it's a lot of struggle and hustle right now. And you'll probably get a lot of compliments and way to go. You're such a hard worker and great for you. Whereas if you actually turned around to somebody and said, you know what, I've really figured out how to have an amazing life. I do about three hours of work a day. I love what I do. Uh, By the way, I'm running a million dollar business. I have time to travel. I pay myself fabulously. I mean, most people would hate you for it. Yes. Right? (laughs) Yes. And that's kind of secretly, though, what we want as entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. But yet again, we're not, you know, again, like out there in the world outside, we're going to be validated for the struggle. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that we actually share with our clients is it's actually interesting, Nicole, and you'll probably appreciate this, but particularly our higher level clients is, you know, getting them to commit to time off and it's completely free time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not as a reward for a period of hard work. It's actually about creating the free time first as almost a prerequisite for higher performance in their business. Because most people, again, will have it as, I'll do that when, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take that time when. And we're like, no, that's it's back to front. Like it's actually giving yourself the free time to be creative, to do whatever you want to do, to do nothing, right? Is, that's the, you know, the, the foundation for actually building, like tapping into higher levels of creativity and mm-hmm. energy and much higher levels of performance and productivity. Yes. And in there, you said, and I think this is really the key here, especially for women, is you learned that you really had to take care of your own needs because you were trying to give from now an empty cup, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess who's going to suffer there, right? It's, it's you, Yep. And this again, as women, we have, we, this is, I, it's a conversation I'm so passionate about changing. We are, you know, so many of us have been brought up with this notion of it's selfish to take care of you. Mm-hmm. As a woman, you should take care of everybody else first, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a mother, you know, it's, it's your kids, it's your partner, it's the family, it's the house, you know, it's everybody else first. And yet it completely flies in the face of, you know, I mean, practical wisdom. If we think about the oxygen mask on an an airplane, right? The oxygen mask, God forbid you're on a plane and that happens and they come down. You've got to put it on yourself first so that you can take care of everybody else. And we know that to be true when we're flying, yet that's not how we practice in in real life. and I think, again, that just changing the dialogue around really prioritizing your own needs so that you actually can show up more authentically and give more of yourself to your clients, right? Your, 
employees, your team, your loved ones is something that we've got to start to really rewire. I think that's where the balance comes in. And the hard question that I ask is, so who's responsible for filling up your cup? Mm. If no one else, no one else is, but you, you are the one who is responsible for filling up your own cup. So if it's always going to be empty, then no one else can fill it up. You can get feedback and you can get energy from other people. Absolutely. That, that's totally true. But there's a part of filling up your own cup that has to come from you doing things for you. And I know that's really hard to hear sometimes. And some people might be like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know how to even do that because mm-hmm. we're spending so much time taking care of everything else. So there's a really honest part that is also a challenge when I'm working with people of saying they need to take free time. And it totally goes into the part of toxic productivity and trying to alter that and shift that like you were talking about. And I'm sure you've gotten this pushback. What do I do? Yeah. What What do do I do? do? It's almost terrifying to think about having free time without an agenda, something to do, a trip to be on, something. And being like, whatever you want. And it's like paralyzing. Yes. I, I honestly have seen it and it's 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 very prevalent, right? It's like this this push-pull be, between because again, a lot of the women that we work with, you know, and listen in entrepreneurship, what's what's the number one thing that most people say they come into entrepreneurship for is freedom. Mm-hmm. Right, that could be a whole other podcast issue right there. <laughs> Um, and what's the number one thing that most most business owners never get? Freedom, right? So it's like it's like that that, that always that dance and that that tension there. But oftentimes, when we've worked with you know when we when we are still working with our clients, you know we are helping them to scale up and to get more freedom and more revenue and to build teams. I have had many clients confide in me that. Vanessa, I've just realized that one of the re- one of the places where I'm getting in my own way is that I actually don't know what I want to do with that free time. Like all this new energy or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, and we, I believe, again, we, we need to, again, reward fun, like fun and pleasure, yeah. right? Those things that make us giggle and you know, light us up and laughter or whatever those things are, right? But again, that are not work. Um, and yet we don't have the conversations around that. Some of the, I was just curious, because I know before we chatted, I, I, I asked you the question, right? I said like, so what do you do? <laughs> what do you do for fun? Um, share with us what you do, because I just think that they're really different. And I was very curious. <laughs> No worries. So one of the things is that I love ballroom dancing. I love, I'm an old soul and just dancing and swing dancing, any type of of partner dancing. Well, I'm not too good at uh, square dancing. That's one thing that I don't do, but all the other dances I just love to do. And it really fills me up. It's just amazing. So much fun. Um, and then another one is reading. I love to read. And the last one that I shared with you that really piqued your interest that is definitely unique is that I love uh, period costumes and going to an event like in a period costume, like a, the Jane Austen Festival in Bath. I would love to do that um, and really enjoy the, the 19th century costumes. 
It's so unique, right? It's so, <laughs> I'm guess I'm guessing you've not that it's 19th century, but I'm guessing you've been a fan of Downton Abbey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes so I just love to watch the the um the, the costumes that they have and some of the drama is like eh, but some of the but the the costumes in the period love that exactly that's what I was just thinking the costumes were just so spot on but again right it's finding those things that really bring as you say fill your cup up I, and I love that question you know who's responsible for filling up your cup that's a great question that we can like all ask ourselves and I think periodically we've got to start to ask ourselves the question sooner, right, of how full is my cup? Yes, we all know what level our bad our phone batteries are at. I can tell mm. you right now, mine is 100% and because it's fully charged. But we don't always think about where our own battery is at. Mm. So good. So what are some of the practices that you kind of recommend? <laughs> So some really, I start with really small steps. So one of them is one that I already mentioned is taking your lunch away from your desk, 20, 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be this huge endeavor. Um, Opening up your calendar and putting it in there as a commitment, as a reminder. If you're working on something and you're in the flow and you want to change it, you're an entrepreneur, you can do whatever you want. But it's important to have that reminder every day to say, I've committed to that I know I need to at least do something, take a break, step away, whatever that is. So you get to decide what it is. And another thing that I think, so I was so judgmental about this, but having a mindfulness practice, whatever that looks like for you. So whether it's um, having a, a meditation or prayer, those are all options. And then um, I was really judgmental towards mindfulness when I first started it. And I was like, this isn't going to work. And this is awful. And I just couldn't focus and I couldn't do it. And I found that I five minutes helped me shift my brain from being really reactive and angry Mm. and explosive to being able to take that beat and be like, oh, okay, I can step into what this looks like. So you can find mindfulness videos online. There are apps that you can use, like Headspace is a really nice one. Um, and, or you could use, I use Brain FM because it has neural beats that will help your brain either work really hard and focus, or it can help you relax, take that breather. So simple things, right? <laughs> And then, um, as you say, I think that I love the, you know, the idea that we've got to be checking in with ourselves, right? The, as you say, we, we get, oh my gosh, I mean, you can be out anywhere. Oh my gosh, my iPhone is, my battery is dying or it's going low. And we're, we're immediately asking for who's got a charger, right? Where, wherever we are, or we've got the pack that we're plugging it into. And we've got to start to really see ourselves like in that, in that space as well. Yeah. Um, I know I've heard you talk about self-care as well, right? There's definitely a whole low, you know, we're hearing a lot about self-care these days and the importance of it. And again, I think it's going to be one of those terms that quickly becomes overdone and or misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's your take on self-care and, you know, how we can think about it in a, in a helpful, productive, you know, helpful way that's going to really help us stay away from burnout and keep us energized? 
I feel like a lot of times people feel like, uh, just like we talked about with free time that I need to, I only do self-care when I'm really stressed, when I'm really busy, that's the only time I do self-care. And I want to encourage people to shift that paradigm and that self-care is something that you do all the time, daily, 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be this huge commitment of I need to take a spa day or go on a vacation or spend all weekend or whatever. It can be, you know what? I know that it really serves me to take my dogs for a walk. When the sun is out, I get vitamin D. It's great. That's really fulfilling. And so I can spend 15 minutes doing that or reading a book or something very simple. Sometimes that means taking a nap for me. I know that's not an option for everybody and that's fine, but I feel like there are options that we all have. And if, if right now you're struggling to think about what should I do to fill myself up? What should I do for self-care? I want you to think about something that you could, if you were to go to the store and you could buy for $5 or $10, that would just bring a smile to your face. That's something that can be for self-care. So for me, that's cut flowers. I love roses. I love cut roses. I know they're dead. I know they're going to die in like a week and I'm okay with that. And when I get them, I love them and they just make me smile and they bring that smile to my face. So when you're struggling with how do I bring some of that joy? How do I fill myself up? How do I do some of that self-care? Think about something that brings a smile to your face and how can you incorporate that into more of your day, your time, whatever that looks like. Yeah, I love that. Just again, it's simple, right? You know, thinking about the things that bring a smile to your face. Um, we, we've got to start, again, we've got to start to rewire our thinking around some of these things. And I, you know, you hear a lot of people sort of saying as well with the vacations as well, like, you know, ideally we don't, we want to build a life that we really don't feel like we need to escape from, right? Mm -hmm. And I love to travel, but if we're getting to that place where we feel like the only way to recharge is that we've got to escape and be gone for weeks on end, right? Probably got to start to look at like our daily practices. You know, for me, yeah. I'm also a dog lover. Um, I will as well go out in the middle of the day and I'll sit outside with the dogs and snuggle in the sun, you know, grab a glass of water or have a salad out there. But that's something they just put a smile on my face the whole time. You know, they're as Perfect. cute as anything. I, I'm an avid tennis player. I love to play tennis. Again, that's what, that is my version of self-care, right? It's physical mm -hmm. movement. It's competitive. It's a skill that I'm in, you know, I'm improving, hopefully improving upon. But again, <laughs> it's back to, it's really something for me. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I want to get into pickleball as well. Pickleball is actually one, you know, A, I find it's still pretty energetic, but funnily enough, it really does put a big smile on my face. I was thinking, for some reason, when I play pickleball, I almost feel like I'm playing a kid's game. Mm. And I find myself, I just find myself smiling and laughing a lot. And, yes. Right? And it's it's good energy. Good yeah. energy. And I think it comes back to, you know, one of the things, Nicole, we talk about with uh, our clients, we've actually kind of changed up our business model to support this was knowing as well, it takes a lot of energy to grow a business, right? to run a business. And then we're in the business of helping people actively grow their businesses, right? Which really takes a lot of energy. And so we have a model that is body love leadership business. And our clients actually set goals in each of those areas. So it's not, and we, and the first area is body, right? So it's really about 
what are you doing for you, right? What are you doing to nourish you? And it might be about sleep or hydration, nutrition, physical, you know, exercise, whatever those things are. But that's an area that we see gets so rapidly neglected, mm-hmm. right? And then before we know it, we're speaking to business owners and they're like, oh my gosh, I've packed on 30 pounds because I've been, you know, as you say, eating at my desk. I've not been working out anymore. I haven't had the time. And now I feel miserable, right, in my body. And love is the area of like actively nurturing those relationships that are most important. Mm-hmm. And we'll have people, now, again, by the way, sometimes that love one does become an area of self-love for some people because they actually realize going through this exercise, to your point, they'll say, oh my gosh, like I am prioritized last. Mm-hmm. So we really are helping them, you know, in, the, in those programs, like let's actually prioritize this. We're going to set goals for you that we start to really rewire this. Yeah. Um, because again, otherwise we know full well that you'll be depleted. And then when we get into leadership and business, like that's more on the business side of things, right? Who you are being and, and those business metrics. But we know that from an energetic standpoint, mm-hmm. when we're taking care of body and, like, and the most important relationships first, like the mm-hmm. other thing, there's a lot more energy for the other things. Yeah, you can create amazing things if you're able to be in a place where you have energy to give and then all the ideas come and things like are just, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff that happened. But if you don't have anything to give from from you, nothing left, then you can't give out. I think that I love the, the phrase that says, instead of managing your tasks or your time, manage your energy. Absolutely. And it's so true. It's so true, right? But we, again, the, that's a big shift for a lot of people. Um, what else? I mean, and again, I'm thinking about somebody that might be in that place of, you know, they're feeling burnt out. But again, right, I'm imagining the business owner, they're feeling very depleted. They're very worried then about the financials and perhaps the financials already aren't in the place that they want them to be. They feel like they've got no time for themselves, not enough time to do everything in a business. And they can see that they're on that slippery slope of like feeling depleted. Mm-hmm. What advice do we give to them? I mean, what advice would you give to them? Because I could imagine that that, that plate at that point, it feels so counterintuitive to prioritize their own needs first. Oh, yes. And it would, could feel like just a whole other like set of work to even think about all the steps that you're suggesting, right? Like we're, so what about for that person? So the first thing, so this isn't something that I necessarily go in depth in, um, but for specifically, if someone was to come up to me based on my experience and ask me that question, I would say that they need to get support with someone else with in their business, whether that's an assistant or that's someone else to help them do things, trying to do everything on your own is not going to be successful. And you need some breathing room before you can take that step into saying, I need to look at myself. I need to do the reflection. I need to take this time. So there's simple things like I've talked about that you can add to your calendar, that you can evaluate, that you can plan for, that you can uh, start to pay attention to when is your energy highest? When do you want to 
execute certain things during your day? Are all of your tasks useful? A lot of times the things that fill us up are not the things we're spending our time on. So getting support to shift that, those are small steps that you can take. And a lot of times when when you're headed towards burnout, it's sort of like this, feels like this downward slide and you Mm -hmm. don't know, what do I do? How do I get out of this? I'm terrified. And so work-life balance or balance in general, whatever that looks like for you, is coming up on the other side of that. But right now you're just at the bottom. So when I work with people, I'm like that ladder to help you step up to start on that incline, to take the steps to get out of where you're at so that then you don't hit burnout bottom, have to walk away from your business, have to lose your clients, those type of things. So I guess that if you're hearing this and you're like, I'm so overwhelmed, I can't even take those small steps, then I think that you get to take a minute, 10 minutes, whatever that looks like for you. And you get to think about where do you want to be in moving forward? Do you want to, is it, is what you're doing where you're at right now? Is that, is it serving you? Is it good? Is this where you want to be at? Because if you want something different, then you're going to have to take some small steps. And I know the overwhelm is really hard and that it, it feels like there's no better solution. And what is it that you can do? You're just lost. And you're like, I, I'm just trying to, I'm, that's being on the entrepreneur treadmill is like, I have to work harder so that I can get more money so then I can maybe have that time off. And I don't think it has to look like that. I don't think we have to be in burnout to be successful. So if there's anything that you hear from this whole conversation, I just want you to know that your needs are important and that you have value despite what you've accomplished. Regardless of any of the things that you've done or how much money you make, you have value. And I think that you need to start there. So you can say, yes, I'm important and I need to take some of these steps. So yeah, that would be my overall advice. Yeah, and I think, you know, you said something right at the beginning for somebody. And again, some of these things can feel very counterintuitive, right? So again, as you said, like getting some support, like if you're really in that place, right? And I know it's difficult because it can feel like, oh, that extra thing. But, you know, talking through this with somebody else is already going to be a good thing. Just because, as you said, like when we're in this state of like extreme stress and headed towards burnout, creativity and confidence have gone. I mean, they're really, they have like departed, you know, left stage here. And again, that's coming back to you're not, it's so unlikely that you'll be able to solve this alone, right? We, as human beings, we can connect with somebody else because it only takes somebody else to give us a different perspective or an idea, or as you said, like that one simple step that you actually could take. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had this with clients as well when, you know, unfortunately, you know, we are, you know, when they come into our programs because of our models and we really prioritize growing a business that you love, <laughs> right? And frankly, that's going to love you back, right? It's going to give you the life and the lifestyle that you want. So people are starting to change you know, their, their, their mindset and their approach. And the reality is there's still, you know, clients that find themselves going down that slippery path, right? Of mm-hmm. I'm working too hard and I can't stop. And sometimes, you know, I, I even say to them, you know, if I had to write you a permission slip right now, what, what do I need to write on it? Yeah. And they're like, what? 
I'm saying, yeah, what's what, you know, because I know that right now in this space, you're unlikely to give this to yourself. But if I were to write you a permission slip, what does it need to say? And it's, I think it's always, I'm just trying to think of an example when it hasn't been, it's permission to give myself a break. Yeah. Yep. You got to always give yourself that permission. Yep. It's just permission to give myself a break. And as you said, it's, it could be that, you know, you know what, I'm actually going to stop right now. And the world is, you know, today I'm just going to put down tools and nothing bad is actually going to happen. Or I can see that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get to the end of the week and you know what, I'm actually going on Friday. I'm, 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 I'm not going to work. I'm going to clear my calendar, whatever those things. are. And I think that's the other part of this that can be somewhat insidious is that when we're in that stress cycle, you know, uh, you know, old parts of our brain have taken over, you know, the, the amygdala has basically hijacked us. Right. And we're in fear and we're in scarcity. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much that, oh, my gosh, like if I stop, you know, the whole world will stop or like everything I've done to grow my business will will cave in. And that's why I often will throw that back to a client as a challenge to say, listen, you've got to, you've got to test this. You've actually got to, you know, stop for a bit to see that that is really not the truth. I love one of the quotes from my client when she realized she was like, I realize that I don't have to try and control every part of my business. I don't have to be responsible for all that. Well, being responsible for her stuff, as well as her employees, as like her employees, their tasks on top of all this other stuff and be like, where's their accountability? Where, where is the, what things that you're responsible for? And so either you need to get support from someone else or you need to give them an opportunity to say, you can do more. I trust you and take some of that off yourself because normally I read a really great article that was like, most employees can normally do more than you expect. And normally it won't turn out as bad as you think it will. And releasing some of that responsibility because we build this business up. It's almost, some people call their business like their baby. Yes. Right. And you put so much into it and time and care and love and you're just so passionate about it and that's great and you need to get support as they say it takes a village to raise a child so why doesn't it take that many people to help raise your business as well yeah beautifully beautifully said Nicole this is just a great conversation today thank you so much a for you know sharing a bit of your backstory and your experience with burnout and some of the things that you've done and again I think it's an important conversation that we've we've got to normalize um we are quick to know the statistics of you know especially in small business of the amount of businesses that close down Mm -hmm. the amount of business owners that aren't making a certain amount of money, right? And the, the, you know, the businesses that then fail after so many, so many years. Yeah. We don't talk enough though about the businesses that are still hanging on for dear life and that they're kind of on the verge of burnout the whole time because they just think that that's the, that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that there aren't other options and I, you know, love bringing this conversation to the table to say like, that, you know, we need to be aware that there are some traps around being too much hustle and too much productivity. And it can be a, mm-hmm. it can be a real slippery slope into burnout. 
um, and frankly, jeopardize ourselves, our own well-being, as well, of course, as our client work and the business as well. And that there really is another way to start to think about reversing this and prioritizing ourselves. I mean, I'm a business owner as well. Like we are the most important asset in the business. Mm-hmm. Without you, do you have a business? Most most of our audience, my audience, would be saying no. Yeah. Right. Honest. So, it, that, and that's the truth. And like with that truth, we now have really got to come back to saying, okay, it, it's time to invest, right, in you yeah. and your well-being. Right. And really prioritize you as that asset so that you actually can have the energy, um, the passion, the creativity to create these amazing businesses that, you know, make a difference in the world. Thank you. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there any like last nugget of wisdom that you'd love to share just in closing? If someone is thinking about, oh, my gosh, I might be in burnout. If you want uh, additional resources, I have a really quick quiz. takes like two minutes on my website that you can go and it's myintuitioncoach.com and you can just find out and kind of it's a little dipstick into is this showing up for me or is this not? What do I want to do about it? And kind of evaluate that so that then you can decide what next steps you want to take. Perfect. And I love a quick quiz. It's a great way, as you said, it was the tool that helped you to see that, you know, you were really at risk. Um, We'll make sure we've got the link of that in the show notes and a link to your website as well. So if any of our listeners are, you know, have been struggling with this equally. So I'm just going to say, if you're, if you have had a story of burnout as a woman owned business as well, like, please, can you like write in, let me know, because I would like to know different experiences around this. It's an important conversation and share, you know, what were some of the things that you did and frankly, that you would do differently as well now that you're on the other side of it. Nicole, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Vanessa. It was lovely to talk to you.